This is Jordan, and you're listening to the Code 7 Podcast Network. Warning. This episode contains the three A's of podcasting. Adult content, adult language, and awesomeness. You've been warned. Welcome to Within the Trenches. True stories from the 911 dispatchers who live them. <laughs> Beatboxing. Over. So bad at it. That'll be in the beginning of our of our episode. If if something ever happens that's funny right in the beginning, I I, I put it right in the beginning with the intro music because it's just funny shit. I, I like to do that. Oh, I love I love the funny stuff. Good afternoon. This is Ricardo with the Code 7 Podcast Network, and this is going to be episode 161 of Within the Trenches, a podcast based on the experience of being a 911 dispatcher. So I am recording live from the Expo Hall at the 2017 Illinois Public Safety Telecommunications Association Conference. That's a lot to say. I was going to say that's a mouthful. It made, I like, my eye flinched when I was saying it. Holy crap, I almost bit my tongue. <laughs> and and this episode is sponsored by the IAED, and they have an excellent podcast, a new podcast that just came out. Make sure to check them out. It's called Dispatch in Depth. You can find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, as well as SoundCloud. And they do a lot of awesome research with dispatching, and that's what their, uh, their whole podcast is about. They talk to all these researchers on emergency dispatching and why they do certain things with protocols. So make sure to check that out. Also supported by InDigital, a leader in next-gen core services. And I can't thank the people of this organization enough uh, who have me here at the conference. They, they set me up with an excellent, excellent spot. And uh, it's right at the front entrance. And there are a bunch of people who are standing around us right now. You can probably hear them in the background. <laughs> but thank you very much for having me here. And I can't wait to come back. Uh, my guest today is Vanessa, and she's a supervisor with the West Suburban Consolidated Dispatch Center, which is also a lot to say. Yes, it is. How's it going? And welcome. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I've been spying on you all week, or not all week, but since we came here, I was like, oh, I want to do it. But he's got somebody. Oh, I want to do it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you, I think you came yesterday. Or and something. I pointed gonna, at you. Yeah, you're going to be here tomorrow. I was like, oh, did I do something wrong? Why? <laughs> do I need to run? No, 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 no. I just, I, I was dying to do it. Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah. This is this is a lot of fun. I love doing this and sharing stories. And the main thing is because, you know, dispatcher stories are important. They're the ones that aren't ever heard. You know, yes. you know, some of them lately within the last year or so, they've been they've been a lot of um, a lot of news stories that have come out on the good side of dispatch. When beforehand, I don't know if it was I'm all sure bad. You noticed. Yeah, it was all bad. Whenever something bad would happen, it was because dispatch did something wrong. And now you're seeing stuff about PTSD. Um, the, the, all the stress and everything that people go through when they're taking phone calls, it's completely turned around. And that's amazing. So it's those types of stories, your stories that, that are important. So I'm, I'm glad you're on. This is oh, going to be a good excited. time. I can tell you over the 20 years I've completely changed. Well, I feel like I've completely changed personality-wise. 
you know, I was like uh, 18 in this free loving spirit, skipping around. Everybody was great. The world was great. And then I got into this and I'm like, oh, humans are horrible. <laughs> so in the beginning, you were like the little girl in the beginning of Little House on the Prairie, sk- skipping down. Yes, it was the best the job meadow. ever. I was so excited. Yeah. I had, I had all these things in my head I was going to do in life. And 20 years later, I'm still at the job. And because I know I couldn't fully go sit behind a desk and just like type stuff up every day. No, it's not me. It isn't right. me. Like I love, and it sounds so bad. I know I'm not the only dispatcher that thinks this, but I want the busyness and the big calls. To, like I want that action. Yeah. yeah. And people are like, it's so twisted, but well, I, I don't want to sit there. Right. Exactly. And and I would say to my family, I've said it many times before, but I I would say to my family or my family would ask, so how's everything going in dispatch? It's been kind of boring. You know, there's not been a lot going on and they would ask well or they would say isn't that a, a good thing because yeah. that means people aren't you know getting hurt or in trouble yeah yeah but I, I'm there to help people and I I want to be busy I want to be helping people so I understand what they're saying but yeah. man I want you to be busy <laughs> I want the world to blow up so I can actually do something now right? I used to like just like love like yes alright here we go we got to train to ram it like what you know but how crazy is that to say I know and, and the public listens Listening right now are probably like, really? what? She's excited about a train derailment, but, <laughs> right? You know. but yeah, but I mean, it's it comes with the job. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff that we that we live for because we're helping. The the highest priority shit that happens is the stuff where you get to use all of your skills and, and that's what you want to do. Right? Exactly. You don't screw the big thing up. We screw the little things up. You know, like oops, forgot to make that notification. Uh, forgot to set the tornado siren off this month and the first Tuesday. But then you right. have something like you know, an entire building explode from a propane tank issue and we did great. That's right. It, it was just phenomenal. Like well, so, yeah, just yes. bam, bam, bam. Just they going. come together. It's amazing. So how did you get into dispatching to begin with? So I originally wanted to be a police officer mm-hmm. and I graduated high school in 96. And I was like, well, I know the police chief in Burke. Oh, yeah, I can say the town. Yeah. In Berkeley. And uh, I'll go be a dispatcher for a little bit and then I'll become a cop. Well, that's where I met my husband. Uh-huh. And then I had a kid. <laughs> uh, and then I blossomed weight-wise. And uh, it was only part-time work. I loved it, though. I would always volunteer when someone was on a week-long vacation. Like, I loved being there. But I had to do it full-time. Like, I was working, like, insurance at full-time and then doing the part-time dispatching. And insurance isn't my thing. Like, selling That's insurance. Kind of, that would be kind of weird, part-time being in a, a high, you know, high-level stress environment and then going the next day to to Count work in the other one. Yeah. And you're just kind of sitting there like, is the, yeah. is the phone going to ring? I'm waiting to... It was. And then... Uh, Let's see, my son was about a year old, and um, Oak Park police were hiring, and I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot, and uh, I got hired. I waited a year before I got hired. I was on the list, but I got hired there, and I absolutely loved it. It was like a family. Nice. It was was just amazing. It was a great place to work. Now, did you have family in law enforcement already, or were you completely green going in? I, I had nobody in law enforcement. My brother was a fireman. Okay. My mom was uh, a psychiatric nurse. So I had like helpers in the family, but nobody was a dispatcher. And 
after I, you know, after the years of, of being in Oak Park and I loved being there and then I thought, no, I don't, I don't want to be outside when it's cold. I'm not going to go through this physical exam because I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm just going to stick it out. And now, like, 20 years later, yeah. like, it's, I, I, I tell people, like, it's one of the best jobs. I have great benefits, great pay. I, you know, I love it because I couldn't just sit there. I, I have to... I right. need that. I'm adrenaline junkie. That's the word, adrenaline junkie. You know, I've heard that a lot in yeah. my time doing yeah. this. And, uh, I, yeah, I feel like I'm the same. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, I have to have. I have to have, I have, to have to. that whole thing going yeah. on, everything going to hell. But you're the one that's there holding it together, which is the best part of it. Now, did you did you do a sit-along or anything when you went in uh, to begin with before your interview? or you just Not with Berkeley, no. Okay. Not with Oak Park either. Uh-huh. Uh, Berkeley, it was just like I, my, my parents knew the chief. I knew the chief. He was like, sure, come on, uh, part-time. We'll, we'll put you part-time. And, and I just... Just jumped in. Yeah. Dang. And I loved it. And what my, was your training like then? Well, because it was such a small town, yeah, yeah, that, it yeah. was, you know, we had to write a blotter. So we'd have a call, write down all the times, turn around this typewriter and really? take away it. Yeah, it was no very old fashioned. <laughs> and you were lucky if you got maybe two calls in a day. Um, oh, I could have, I mean, I, I would sit there. You could crochet a quilt and nobody would call because it's such a small town. And they didn't have, they still don't have a lot of crime. Yeah. So it was just like a traffic stop or. Was it eight hours or 12 hours? Eight. Eight hours? Yeah. So when I started dispatching, it was kind of the same way. It was a small town, small police department, one dispatcher on for eight hours. And my training was in the beginning. I did have a 40 hour beginners um, dispatcher course that I took a few weeks after I was hired. But that first night, I watched my trainer take a phone call and then it was my turn. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember that part, but I remember it being very, like they didn't even teach me leads. Really? So I would call. for those, for for like the public who's listening, what what is leads? It's the, um, how I describe it, the uh, Illinois. It's like NCIC, Yeah, it's it's the state NCIC. You run people in, or run people's driver's license, plates, uh, warrants, all that stuff, and you enter stolen. That's what, yeah. Um, they didn't, that's like a state certification you have to yeah. have. And I, they didn't. So when I went to Oak Park, they were like, wait a minute, you've worked for two years and you don't have your leads. Like, <laughs> <Right>? no, <laughs> guess you're sending me. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And I mean, those are, those classes, I mean, I'm trying to remember the one that I went to. I don't remember if it was like a week long or if it was two or three days, three days. Three days? Okay. I think mine was three days as yeah. well. Then. Cause I knew, I know that I had to go to a community college to take it. And I, I remember I, I had just worked a midnight shift and I drove straight to the first class. And I, I mean, I, I stayed the night there, um, the, the following days, but that first one, I worked midnight shift, which was a five to five and drove straight there so I could be there for the class. And I remember picking up some McDonald's breakfast, slamming it and going (laughs) to the class and chilling in the parking lot for a couple hours. And I fell asleep. And when I woke up, uh, which luckily I was only like 20 minutes late, but I was, I was all, I was out of it, man. It's it's boring. Yeah. And then, and then after that, I'm, (laughs) I remember a guy, I can see his face right now. I remember looking to the right and he's looking at me and he's sitting in front of me actually. 
but um, I, I look at him and he's just shaking his head. And I was I, I was looking at him and I threw my hand up like what? And he goes, he's throwing his head back. And I thought, oh my god, I'm dozing off because I didn't even realize that that's what I was yeah, doing. You were so yeah, and uh, it was bad. But I think I had to drink an energy drink or something to snap out of it. But it is a boring class to go through. I mean, yeah, nothing crazy is going on. You're not. It's not like a beginner's dispatching course where they're playing all types of calls so that you know what's going on or what you're going to be dealing with. No, it's all protocols and codes yeah. and how to fill out a warrant right or a missing person right, which is important. But yeah. man, for three days straight, that's yes. a lot. It's brutal. Yeah, to take. Although. I'm kind of old-fashioned with the, I'm a little upset that they got rid of the class. So that when you have, like, new yeah. people, you explain oh, well, it to them. Right. Now it's online and everybody's, I, I don't know how these, I hate saying kids, I'm not that old, but I don't know how the, the newer generation of doing the 911 right. just do it online and it's like, well, there's... There's nobody to be like, excuse me, you got a question. I mean, you could ask your partners in the room, but it's just, it's different. Maybe just because I'm not that technology person that. Well, no, I mean, that that definitely is different because you you sometimes learn more when you're in a class because you're networking with people who are doing the same thing. And when you're at home doing everything online, you don't have yeah you don't have you don't have that that's going on so that that does kind of suck it's it's kind of like um voice 911 calls compared to text 911 because you've got everything that you're listening to in the background but when you're texting that's completely gone so you know there's a a complete difference there the lost in translation thing too exactly so you you get started there and you go through your training. Was it overwhelming at first or were you just like, hell yeah. Oh, I was like, hell yeah. yeah. Like I, oh my God, I was so excited. I, like I just, I wanted to work in law enforcement. Right. That was my thing. And I was so excited to do it. And um, my first call on my own, the McDonald's got robbed. I, no way. I shit my pants. Like, <laughs> like, holy, what, like, what am I supposed to, like, just, just you had panic. Your because, gone. Yeah, I was, I, exactly. I was on my own. It's just me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I completely panicked. But then, I, you know, over the years, I take a call and it's like, hmm, nah. right. like just a murder. No big deal. <laughs> like, it's so weird. Right. Yeah. So so you take this phone call and I mean, so it, it's a little different from when you have other people in the room with you where yes. you can say, hey, can you tone this out? So you're on the phone with them and you're probably either. Did you have a headset or? No, we didn't use Okay, headsets. So then you're holding your, the handset between yeah. like your head and your shoulder which years later, I now have problems with my shoulder because of that. My left one. My left one <laughs> is right. always, well, yeah. Yeah, my right one is it's jacked. A, yeah. It's messed up. <laughs> but so you're holding onto the phone and you're typing stuff in and then you got to tone it out as well? Well, yes. And desperately trying to get on. So um, there's, there's a band called Net17 and it has a lot of, a lot of larger towns that have more crime. And so to get on it, most of the small towns on that 17 just do their stuff on a side band. But like for an armed robbery, I'd have to go over the main band. And I'm sure I just sounded like, like, probably. Like the Tasmanian devil. (laughs) Yes. Probably stepped on whoever was dispatching at that point. It was just like, uh, you know. But with that, with Berkeley, it really, I think that was like my biggest call was the armed robbery. And, you know, it's, it's, even though it's a suburb of Chicago, it's such a small town. You know, I have my neighbor call on 911, like, oh, hey, Vanessa, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. 
And I'm like, what are you calling 911 for? Oh, uh, my wife needs an ambulance. But uh, what do you? Th-? And I'm like, like, can we stop having a conversation so I, know, I can get her an ambulance? Yeah. You know, yeah. it had a volunteer fire department. Wow. Where you had to tone them out at home, like a little button to set, you know, I'm not. I'm making it sound like it's like 1965, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a small town. We were all allowed to smoke in the oh, dispatch yeah. center. Oh, and we, we, were were, lo- we were drinking liquor, and it was maybe not that bad. Not you know. that bad, but we smoked. <laughs> nice. We hadn't sm- smoked in the building, yeah. Crazy. Because that was right around the time it kind of became a taboo to, yeah. to smoke inside. Well, yeah, or, I mean, yeah. you can't, I don't think you can smoke on earth anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You know, it's, you're so shamed if you uh, have a cigarette. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> so, so you've got that call, and oh man, I've I've had a couple calls where it just completely trip out. I'm like, oh damn, like this is nuts. But, but I mean, you grit your teeth, pull your pants up, and you, you hey, get yep. it done. You, yep. you do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, what did they actually take? Was it money? The cash or register did... money. They okay. took one of the they took one they of the drawers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they would have taken food, and I'm like panicking. Yeah, no, they got cash. He's like, they got about two hundred bucks, and he yeah. wanted a sandwich on the way. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, and you know people will do that. Oh, probably. It's, it's insane. Yeah. You hook it up with a hash brown really quick? <laughs> Give me an egg McMuffin. <laughs> I'm taking this place down with me. Oh, McMuffin. man. So the uh, so that was the the one that you started out with. Yes. I mean, you got, yeah. you're at a different one now. Yeah. How big is the dispatch center that you work at now? Like, and how big is kind of the area that you cover? Oh, it's huge. Um, so we got what is it? We got five, six police departments. Let me count real quick. Five, five police departments, four fire departments, in a very densely populated area that borders the. Uh, Part of our, some of our towns bordered the west side of Chicago, so oh, wow. we get a lot of fun action. Yeah, I was gonna say. So if if the area that you border, you know, do they overflow to you like the phone calls? So oh yeah. So for those who are listening, um, when you're at your when, when you're at your dispatch center, you have a certain jurisdiction. When you have a bunch of phone calls coming in and they overload. They flow over to another county so that they can get them uh, for you. And then they take the information, they'll call you with it, or they'll try to transfer it back. And a lot of the times, because you're that swamped, it goes yeah. right back to them. It does. So if you're on the border of, like, Chicago, do you get a lot to come we do. over? We do. Um, they even Im- implemented a policy that if uh, it was across the street on the main road that separates um, our town from Chicago, yeah. that we would just go. I'm not knocking Chicago, but they're so inundated that the response time for simple calls like that are so outrageous that we would go over there and see what was going on. But we get a lot, we get a spillover of stuff. I bet, because that's got to be a crazy area to work in. And I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh, man. I knew this was going to be good. Because, I mean, you can tell just from from talking to you, you, you've got got a passion for this. I do. And you love what's going on. Um, Now, throughout the time, you said you're going on about 20 years. Did you ever hit a spot, though, or, or a time that you were actually like you know burnt out oh that absolutely because uh, i'm i'm sure everybody does but there had to have been something that happened that got you to where you're at today where you're just loving it so i actually um left for six months at one point to go to virginia beach to live there because i was gonna i was gonna i don't know live a simpler life or whatever
whatever that lasted six months I was like I can't I can't do this I have to go back and they took me back and yeah. I got my supervisor position back and I, I just couldn't it was so boring <laughs> you know like I was like move you gotta drive I need like, a little dispatch on? in my yeah. life yeah. <laughs> I, I just I couldn't do it but so. what, what ended up leading you? Was it, was it like the politics or anything? In well, I don't like politics. Or, right. Like, yeah. I hate the politics in dispatch. I, I can't do right. it. I'm not that person who can... There's a lot of bullshit that happens, and it sucks. And I can't sugarcoat anything either. Like That's I, good. Yeah. Um, I mean, reality. <laughs> I just got, like, to the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm... I was just very burnt out and and I do to this day think it was one of the poorest decisions I ever made but I was younger I was in my 20s I was stupid didn't think properly and thought I was gonna go be something else and <laughs> here we are you know I love I love it that's good I, I love mean, it. this is that's one of the things that you know we need to really push so that other dispatchers know and, and can feel that as well is that this is a career yes you know and I know a, a long time in the beginning when I was dispatching it wasn't it wasn't said like that it, it was you know you're here you're taking your phone calls you're watching over everybody in the road but no one I don't remember anyone ever saying this is a career it was always this is your job yeah you know you're doing your job and i know for myself too you know when i would get a compliment on the phone from somebody i would say oh this is this is my job this is what i do and and it is but when when i would start saying it as a um you know as a viable career and stuff you know because i had that the, the passion for it the tone of saying this is what i do changed so i mean you can say this is my job and sound like you are just completely not digging and you can say this is my job this is what i do and completely change it yes and, and this is you know something important yeah um, I, I you know in the beginning it was going to be my temporary job while i went to school and i was going to do something else and then you know i had a kid I became a single mother. I uh, I had to raise him, so it was like, wow, I have I have money because you get decent salary. I have all these great benefits. You know, I'm at a place that gives you a ton of time off, so I, I could. You know, that it's, it's is pretty yeah. awesome though that you yeah. get some time off because I mean, I put my kid through Catholic school working there. Yeah. I paid for him to play AAU, which is you know an outrageous amount of money every. So I, I did what I you know, but I loved it though while yeah. I did it. Like, right. and and I do get really upset when people don't understand how it really is. You know, like they think you take a plug, unplug it, and stick it in another plug, and that's. You know, like you're just an operator. Oh, yeah. oh man. Yeah, I remember taking some phone calls. Uh, there were usually people that were drunk off their ass, and they're they're pissing and moaning at me and saying crap. And you know, one guy specifically called me. He said he just he just called me dispatcher, and he had asked for my name at one point. Um, but he he would say dispatcher, get an officer over here, do your job. All you're doing is answering the phone. And I remember I had to bite my lip because I wanted to go off off on this guy oh, yeah. and be like look man you have no idea what i do yeah. and uh, that guy he was at, he was a drunk caller um what he wanted was for an officer to go give him a breathalyzer test so that he could prove to the bar that he got kicked out of <laughs> he could still drink well yeah that he wasn't as drunk as 
they thought and that they were wrong for kicking him out. That's awesome. He had told me that he spent so much money there and it was just going off. And he called like four or five times. And uh, I, the last time, the last time he called, right before the last time he called, I told uh, one of the troopers, you know, what was going on. And he goes, if this person calls again, I'll go and arrest him for abuse of 911. I said, all right, man, well, I'll, I'll let you know. And sure enough, the dude called and I pick up Allegan 911, Rizzo Emergency. Did you get him over here yet, dispatcher? <laughs> I'm like, oh man. I said, you know what, sir? I, I'm. I'm sorry. I, I'm here to serve, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to help you, and I'm going to send the officer over there to give you this test. And he goes, well, it's about time, dispatcher, that you that you do this. And I said, all right. I said, no, don't worry. You're right. I, I'm, I'm here to serve, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help you out. And uh, I go to hang up with him, and he goes... By the way, he goes, just let your officer know that, you know, I, I don't mess around. Just just let him know. And I was like, OK, I'll let him know. So I hang up with him and I, I get the, the trooper on the radio on one of the side channels, secondary. And I said, the gentleman called again. He goes, OK, I'll be in route that way. I said, he also wanted me to let you know he doesn't mess around. And he goes, I'll keep that in mind. And I said, all right. So he gets over there. And actually, actually, before I hung up with that guy, I had said to him, sir, you were at this one bar that's at the very bottom, the very south, uh, southern part of the county. And you live in the northern part of the county. How did you get home? And uh, he goes, excuse me. And I said, how did you get home? And he goes, well, that's that's not the point here. The point is that I got kicked out of the bar. I said, so you drove home? And he goes, I, I drove home, yes. And I, I thought, oh, you're drunk driving, man. Luckily, you made it home and you didn't hurt anybody else. So um, the trooper gets out there. He's not out there but five minutes. And he keys up on the radio and he goes, Central got one in custody. Oh, be nice. headed in. And he actually sent an email to the director of my uh, center, but the trooper did, and because he listened to the tapes, he listened to all of them, and he gave me a, a letter of like commendation and stuff. Oh, that's and, nice. Yeah, he commended See, it's me always for, nice to be for what I did. Yes, it was it was awesome. It was icing on the cake to that shitty call, that shitty guy who was telling me that. I just answered the phone and just called me dispatcher. I was so pissed, but I just did what I had to do. Yeah. Now, um, what about a call that's like stuck with you? Um, I have a few. It would, um, most of them are bad. Most of them involve kids. Uh, that bugged me the most. I, um, this is, had to have been 18 years ago. A young lady left her parents' house on Thanksgiving, ends up uh, pulling into an intersection where a guy on, uh, I think it was meth, T-bones her, kills her. And the reason why it bugged me was I was sitting there thinking, here's this girl now dead, a block from where her parents lived because she just left. Oh, they don't know this. And it's all because... This douchebag, you know, like, is out driving on whatever. I think it was, like, PCP or it was meth or it was something. Right, yeah. And I think, like, so this girl lost her life because you decided to go party on Thanksgiving. And, you know, you know like, it, that one bugged me. I had a, um, a mentally handicapped young lady drown in a bathtub. And the reason it bugged me so much is it was her stepfather that called it in, and he was just calm. And I kept asking, well, is she breathing? Yeah, is she breathing? You know, like, everything, right. but yeah. did she drown? No, she didn't drown. Like, she was. we found her in the bathtub. Like, 
And then I stayed on the line even after the officer got there, and you could hear him like kind of yelling at them, like "You guys gotta move out!" Of-. Like, and she died. She she had drowned. She she was never even breathing that whole time. Wow. And for months afterwards, I was like, so I could have helped her. Like maybe I could have helped her. Maybe if he would have said. You know, she's not breathing. I could have given CPR. And I never got that chance because, you know, it was just it, that one just I don't know why just stuck with me so much. Cause probably because I felt like I couldn't help somebody. I wasn't given that opportunity. Right. You know, but. That, oh, man. Yeah. It, it's calls like that, especially when they call in and they're calm. That bugs me. Yeah. Because you're thinking why there's a crazy situation going on. One of your loved ones, um, or, you know, depending on the call, but it's, when it's one of the loved ones and they're that calm and stuff, it, and I, I'm this way, I say, because of dispatching, like, I'm suspicious of everything and so almost everyone. So am I. <laughs> because there's so much shit that happened yeah. in dispatch and the calls that I took. So if I hear someone calm like that and it's something suspicious, I'm wondering, why are you this calm? Like, I would be beside myself right now if that happened to my wife yeah. or my daughter or something like that. But you're very calm, you know? It's Immediately creepy. you think, did you do this? <laughs> it is. It's super creepy. Right. You're very, you become very cynical in this job. Yes. And and very, uh, what I say, my son calls me judgmental. You know, like we're pulling to somewhere and I'm like, look at that crap head. He's like, oh my God, you are so judgmental. How, you know, and I'm like, oh, I got to keep my mouth shut. But then people don't realize what we listen to all day long. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. Like, right. I mean, I've even had an aunt be like, maybe you should consider finding a new job. Like, really? Like, that's not why I said I hate humans. I hate humans because they do horrible stuff to each other. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at if you look at TV shows that have supernatural shit going on or, or like zombies or something, it's not the zombies that you need to be more scared of. It's humans. Yes. Because it's the actual it, humans. Right. You know, the instinct goes back to like animals and shit. And we're all fighting for resources. Yep. So those are the ones that you have to be looking out for as other humans, which is crazy to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. I'm a weirdo. I'm a weirdo in public. I am. I really think I have PTSD. Yeah. Uh, I do some weird stuff. Like, if I know you, you come up and hug me or you sit next to me or something, it doesn't bug me if I know you. Right. But if I'm in public, let's say at the grocery store, and I'm in line and someone, like, kind of invades my space, I'll, like, start getting this little, like, oh, God, oh, God, and I move over, (laughs) and then they move over more, and I'm just like, please. And I don't want to be rude and be like, you have to back up, because then I look like some psycho. Uh, uh, You should. You should just be like, Sir, you smell like beef. You need- <laughs> <laughs> Did you shower today? Could you back it up a little bit? All right. Here's a tic tac. Yeah. You know? It's just, it's so weird, but it's, you know, or constantly looking around and seeing who's around you. Like, I always say my dad's going to get robbed because he's just Mr. Hippieville staring at the sky, you know. Everyone's a good person. Everybody's but- a good person. Yeah. He's, everybody deserves, you know help all the time, no matter how shitty they are to you, you know. Right. I mean, he'd probably get stuck up with a gun and he'd be like, oh, okay, young fellow. So anyways, you know, and he'd just be like, God, dad. Yeah. Let me tell you why you're doing this. Yeah. Or, but I'll help you. Here, I understand you need some money. Let me get you a few bucks. Uh, maybe like, he was there with the McMuffin guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, you become... A but, weirdo. But a lot kinda. of other stuff, too, you get desensitized to. Big time. So, you know, I, and with the other two, just a little while ago, uh, Becky and, and Mark, we were talking about how things don't bother us. Mm-mm. And I was I was telling them the story about how 
uh, my wife says, you know, your dad is dead inside. <laughs> he doesn't have any emotions. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Yes, I do have emotions, but, you know, it's just shit out of those 13 and a half years, man. It's, it does make you. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think it also has helped me out, uh, a lot in the situations. I mean, I, I was able to build a, a thick skin right away when I was dispatching. You have to. And Right. You and, have to and have it that. It completely helped out because one of the calls that I took was when my grandmother passed away. I took that call. That's horrible. Um, it, it was from my... Uh, you can those who are listening. I hate to stop my story, but you can hear everything in the background. Somebody just yelled "woo" as I'm talking about my grandmother dying. But it's it's because she won she won something. They're doing giveaways. <laughs> my grandma died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love you, Granny. Um, and uh, yeah, so you can probably hear in the background. Also, they're they're announcing it over the PA system. So right there, there you go. <laughs> Frontier is giving something away. Um, but uh, yeah, so when I the last dispatch center that I was in, um, it was the county that I grew up in. And my, my grandmother was in hospice care, so we were waiting for it to happen. But it still doesn't make it any easier. No. So um, that that night, I was on backup phones. And my partner, was who was on main phones, this was like 3 in the morning or so, uh, she says, I'm going to go and get something from, from the kitchen really quick. I was like, all right. So she goes, and not any longer from the door shutting, the phone rings. And I remember freezing and the hair in the back of my, my neck just standing up. And I, I've never hesitated to pick up the phone before until that moment. And I, I looked on the screen because if you pick up the phone at first ring, the number doesn't pop up until after. Okay. So I waited for it to pop up and it was my mom's cell phone number. So I pick up, say my thing, and it's my cousin Brenda saying grandma died. And so I had to, you know, I went through the whole thing and I looked at my supervisor and she's like, go ahead and take off because we had already uh, had it worked out that if she passed away while I was on shift that I could leave. So, you know, I had out there and the officers called me up and they said, there's nobody on this side of the county. So if you speed a little bit, <laughs> you'll be okay. Yeah, you'll be okay. But don't be a dumbass. Don't be crazy. So. I, I just, you know, I That's just drove sad. regular, but still, you know, they were out there already. And then I got there and, you know, they said their sorries and uh, I've met with my family. But it's if it if I wouldn't have built that thick skin already, even though I knew it was going to happen, I was waiting for it to happen. It might have been worse off when I was taking that call. Like emotionally, I would have been worse off when I left. And who knows? I might have crashed or something because yeah. I was emotional, but I was able to to keep it in until I saw my family and then then you, you know, were okay. yeah, and yeah. then let it out. Yeah. So I I agree with the the thick skin thing. I mean, I took a call for uh, one time for a murder. I mean, the murder was happening while I was talking to one of the people watching it on the street. Oh, geez. And uh, they came to us and they're like, uh, "Do you guys all want to go to council?" And I'm like, "No, I'm good. <laughs> Not a big deal. I don't know why you're forcing me to talk about this. Like, just move on." and go to the next call and you know and you don't realize that normal people not normal people but people who aren't in this industry right yeah yeah would probably like how can you do something like that like how do you just it's not a big deal yeah you know because you hear so much and it just becomes like it's it's a coping mechanism so we're either gonna 
all be, you know, institutionalized because we allow this to penetrate us or we just pretend like it's like someone gave someone, you know, a gift. Like right. Just you have to make it. If, if we weren't laughing during the time in this profession, we'd probably be crying a lot. Yes. Or like you said, institutional. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we all make jokes, <laughs> inappropriate jokes all day long. Right. You know, and I, it's just the way we deal with it, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, you know my, I've told stories, you know, sitting sitting at a family get together, you know, people would ask, my yeah. family would ask uh, questions and stuff and I would tell them stories and they, a lot of times they'd be laughing, but then they would say, I can't believe we're laughing at this situation because, you know, this and this. And I would say, that's how it is, man. I mean, you, you have to, you have to find some sort of humor in the shit that happens yes. in that situation because it's going to mess you up. Yes, you're not going to make it through. You probably wouldn't have made it 20 years had you not had, you know, a sense of humor yes. for certain things. Yeah. And you have to. Right. You have to. Otherwise, you'll... Yeah. So, going into the wrap-up of this episode, what are some of the classes that you've enjoyed here at this conference? Well, we went... You know what? Today, I, was, I, I wasn't going to go to... Um, the Ilias thing, which is the um, state, um, it's like a state task force that call that they're called out when there's a big emergency. Like oh, okay. this. They yeah. need extra police help and right. or a helicopter or something. Um, and I kind of realized, like, wow, none of our towns really do any Ilias activations for anything. They all kind of just band together and and help each other so there's never really one but there's so much more that we could do with right you know or I thought about the turt thing which I think is great and we need to ask the newer kids at work like hey do you want to participate in this yeah. because when you do stuff like that for the younger generation of starting I, th- I think it would be fun I wish they would have had it when I was younger and you know right yeah. where I thought I could hang out outside in 100 degrees after a hurricane and dispatch or do so now I'd be like yeah no, I'm, I can't. I can't do this. But you know, like get get them involved. I love this conference. This one's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That's good. Yeah. You recommend that? I would come recommend to this? people come to this one. Yeah. Excellent. It's, it's, it's awesome to come to something like this because you, you learn so much and the networking alone. Yes. And then for me, it was, I would go to a conference and, and, and with the first couple times, the first time actually, um, rather, that I went to a conference, I skipped a couple classes because I thought, eh, I'm just going to go and hang out, whatever, see some people that I might know. But I, I realized that I was doing myself a disservice, especially when my coworkers had said, should have gone to that class, man. We learned this and this and this. And I thought, damn, that sounds freaking awesome. I wish I would have gone. Yeah. So instead, after that, I went to every class and I, I, I've done the same thing. I've learned so much. And I realized that at that point, too, I, I was kind of kind of out of it a little bit with dispatching. But after going to a conference and networking and, and, and being with people that do what I do, I was like all pumped. And, yeah. And you, know, you go back and you tell people what you learned and then and then they want I, to do I it get too. that way, too, where yeah. I get really like, we need to do, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Like, we're going to go to the, I think, the railroad disaster or whatever it is. And, like, I can't, we have so many uh, train lines that come. Oh, I couldn't hear it anymore. Um, We have so many train lines that come through town. It's like, it's a great opportunity to 
Just be prepared. Right. We have had, uh, you know, in, in the time I've been there, we've had two crane, train crashes. Not where someone was hit as a physical body, but like one Christmas, we had um, a metro train come through and all these people on this very long um, crossing decided to sit there and uh, the, the gates went down and the train came and plowed into about 16 cars and... You know, or we had that, um, what they called the ghost train, and the, the L, the blue line, that no one was on, no one was driving, but it crashed into another one. What? Yeah, it left the station. I don't know. They never came out with what it was, but it left the station, no one in it, supposedly. And where it leaves that station to start going into, you know, downtown and everything, there's a very large, like, drop. And there was a train stops letting people on and off, and this train comes down and plows into it. What? You know, it's so. I think the railroad thing was, will be really good at yeah. information. I, I don't know if it's it's a repeat or not, but yeah, there's a couple that are going to go to it as well, and those are really good. Those are always good. Yeah. So I hope you learn a lot from that. One. I, I'll be I, interested to know. You'll have to you have to send me a message to let me know I how you found out. About I will. That. I will. But thank you very very much for no, being on. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I would do this with you like every day, given the opportunity. (laughs) Awesome. Well, then we'll have to do another episode. Yes, I'll do one with you. All right. Awesome. Make sure to take one of my cards. Okay. I think I I think I did. Yes, I do. Yeah, I'll get a hold of you. But this was a blast. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, So for those who are listening, um, if you have any comments, questions, or you want to be a guest on the show, you can email the show, and that's going to be wttpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, and that is at 901podcast. You can like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Within the Trenches podcast. This episode is supported by uh, In Digital, a leader next-gen core service, also sponsored by the IAED. Make sure to check out their new podcast, Dispatch in Depth, on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. And once again... I can't thank the people of this conference enough. Brian Techmeyer, thank you so much, man, for reaching out to me and for us being able to do this. I can't wait to come back next year. Um, Huge props to all of you. This was an excellent conference. And uh, uh, this episode, along with all the other episodes, can be heard 24-7 on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, and thejabberlog.com. Have a good one, everybody. You just listened to a Code 7 Network podcast. If you have any questions or would like to be a guest on the show, send an email to to WTT podcast at gmail.com.